0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Babyface Brian and you are listening to the 18-49 Podcast, a podcast that looks at classic wrestling events from the dawn of the Attitude Era onwards, true crime in professional wrestling, and career retrospectives of all your favorite Attitude Era and present day stars from the perspective of one person on the north side of the 18-49 to 49 demographic, that is my wonderful co-host, Reverend Aaron Thomas and someone on the other side of the 18 to 49 demographic that is yours truly. Without further ado, let's get straight on to the show. Welcome to the 18 to 49 podcast.
1: One. All
0: right, all right, all right. We are back, everybody. I am Babyface Brian. I'm joined, as always, by the Reverend Aaron Thomas. Might sound a little bit morose at the moment. We were discussing politics wisely before we started recording the episode. And I think it kind of just sucked the mood out of the room just a little bit. It does. It's all
1: right. We'll get it back. We'll get it back. This is this all is I fine. do now. This I, is I, fine. <laughs> I talk politics now. I'm like the social
0: dementor at every party. Shoot. <laughs>
1: is always the guy guaranteed to at least have one sentence to bring the room down
0: <laughs> like hey guys want to know how long we have left before we set off an irreversible ecological climate disaster no brian we're playing beer pop
1: <laughs> record scratch <laughs> <laughs> oh man how are you doing today I'm all right. I'm all right. It was, uh, it was a mellow Sunday and I like those. Nice. Did you get another Lucha movie? I absolutely did, but it wasn't a Santo movie this week. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a movie called, uh, the Panther woman. Hang on. Let me bring this up on IMDB. really quick Because I want to be able to, uh, convey uh, this correctly. That's the, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the Panther women are worshipers of Satan and perform rituals in their honor and sacrifice. And then, uh, this was a, uh, a, a women's wrestler movie. It was, uh, you had, uh, let's see, you had, uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Ariadne Welter as Loretta Venus and yep, Elizabeth, cool the, the gorgeous Elizabeth Campbell as golden Ruby. And I guess Ooh. apparently they were, uh, these were kind of like a series of movies because the last one that they showed me that was uh, women's wrestlers it was them as well it was the the golden ruby and the, the other lady as well huh. so it must have been it must have been a series this one was considerably better it was maybe a little bit odd because like they're fighting satanists that turn like the women turn into like wear panther kind of things with the makeups all like Let's see the movies from 1967 so you know what you're getting in right? like <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> quality but like it was fun i dug it I, I liked it i like that speaking of
0: movies with panther in the title rip to Chadwick yeah, Boseman, that was one definitely. hell of a fucking shock
1: yeah it absolutely was
0: four absolutely years was. and you didn't even tell anyone so um i saw an interview quote from um, uh from uh, i don't know when it was a little while ago um the guy, the person interviewing him was just like, You've recently filmed this movie, this movie, and this movie. How do you feel? And it just had in parentheses, uh, shakes his head exhaustedly. It's like, Oh, I couldn't describe how I feel. One day I'll live to uh, tell you how I feel. And I was like, Oh, that is, that is tough.
1: It was, uh, yeah, it was surprising. Like, I, you know, Jed was like, Yo, Chadwick Boseman died. It didn't hit me quite at first. Who, she meant i was like wait chad who, what yeah black, I she was to, like black panther and i was like get the fuck out of here like he is like 40 something i
0: had to i had to look him up because i was like chadwick boseman i know him he's in he's in black panther but who is he in black yeah. panther i looked at up. i was like oh he fuck, was black, it's panther. black panther himself <laughs> yeah. that's gone yeah yeah it's uh it was it was a tough one but I don't know, like this this year. I guess you just get
1: used to it after a little while. I know it's a just like the while. blows keep coming. Yeah,
0: although I got actually, I gotta I gotta ask you for I gotta ask your moral opinion on something. Once what? once I got over the initial shock of him dying so young, my hmm. mind immediately went to fuck. This means we're not gonna get Black Panther two, which is like the only Marvel movie I'm
1: looking forward to because I'm right. burnt
0: out on superheroes. But Black Panther is so different to the rest of
1: them that i was itching to get more of that yeah no i i, I was upset in the same way like you oh, know when okay. the initial good when it when it, well, after the initial shock comes over and then you're like oh damn now there's not going to be any more like like you said like black panther was one of my favorite movies and i was excited yeah. for a sequel like you know at the at the, the not the, at the end of uh the infinity saga there where when he when he turns to dust at first i was like hey what the fuck what about black panther 2 damn it like
0: yeah i was the exact yeah. same i was like yeah. this this he's got to come back right also that, yeah. was a, that was an eerie line next time i rewatch that movie come natala and achala this is no place to die that's gonna fucking break me a lot more this time around than it did last time
1: yeah it's gonna put a whole a spin on a lot of his scenes mm-hmm.
0: But speaking of putting a whole different scene on something that was growing increasingly stale, this week's Raw was a
1: special one. It was. It was. All right. So the date is February 24th, 1997. We are in New York City at the Manhattan Center. And if, uh, if you're a Raw watcher, you will know that this is where the very first Raw emanated from. And if you're even you're even more of a wrestling fan you'll understand that New York crowds are awful and New York <laughs> tiny crowds are twice as vicious as that.
0: Yeah. Uh, this was the first crowd I actually recognized
1: in terms of being an
0: audience. I was like, yeah, "Oh, there they are. There
1: they are. There they are." Uh so yeah, this is where it all began. Uh we start off right off the bat with the Godwins in the ring. Commentary this week is Vince McMahon and jerry the king lawler no explanation on why JR's not there but you get that later on in the evening all right the new blackjacks are entering the ring you might remember from a couple weeks or from a few episodes back we mentioned that they did a package about the new blackjacks so that yeah and here.
0: i i gotta say it it seems like something in creative stopped giving a fuck about the new blackjacks before they came out because one there was no mention of them before that video package. There was no yep. mention of them after that video package. And then when they were coming out on this episode, unless I fucking missed it, they didn't even get an entrance. They were—they just slid into the ring while the announcers were announcing them. Your first yeah. shot of this new tag team was uh, Bradshaw rock- rocking the most distracted mustache I've ever seen. Wasn't it? He
1: looked like dastardly.
0: <laughs> looks like uh, if Tom Selleck uh, decided to bulk up.
1: Right, Uh, I think, I think a lot of the issue with the lackluster debut of the Blackjacks here is because at this point in time, Superstars was still on the air, and they were still doing a lot of debut things on Superstars. Um, Ah. It was, I don't even know when the shift was, but for for quite a while, like, I saw it with the Headbangers too, there was kind of this non exciting entry to them for Raw and it's because mm-hmm. they had already been on Superstars like twice Yeah, you know, uh, so okay. they, they assumed that you knew who they were even though that's a really stupid assumption to make with a new team so was
0: Superstars like in, in terms of modern day shit that I would have been growing up on is Superstars like was it their attempt at Smackdown before Smackdown or was it more like main event?
1: Yeah more like main event ah oh, okay okay
0: and they expected people to be watching that?
1: It, oh, was the, it was my the god Saturday they do that with main event i know i know um at this point and for a while superstars was it like superstars really? was where you went to watch all that stuff because they would film it and this is where you got all your debuts and your big matches and they pushed storyline stuff on superstars as well it was like the the weekly wcw program had. Mm. um
0: Actually, now that that I think about it, when they first launched main event, they did put their whole ass into that for a while. Like the first show was headlined by Sheamus versus CM Punk, which was a match never done before. Not sure if it had been done since. And they were two big stars. Uh, The first few, the first like eight weeks, I think, had at least one belter of a match every Mm -hmm. single week. And then it just slid into the territory of that other show, Superstars, that they had at the time as well. Yeah. They brought yeah. Superstars back at some point, and it just immediately slotted into the dead zone.
1: It used to be where they would put on legitimate matches and where they would move legitimate storylines. Um, and then somewhere along the line, it just became where you put your like lower and mid-card people that you had no idea what to do with them.
0: Yeah, the creative's so really, got we'll nothing for you
1: show. Yeah, pretty much. That's. Uh,
0: I've always wondered why they don't use those, Like, why they don't use something like Main Event now to try to create characters for those people you know it's like here no one watches this go out there flesh out the character there's an it's, audience at least when it's yeah. not 2020 and if yeah. something works we'll f- try to find a place on the main roster for you after a while you know instead of just sending them out there to because the one thing WWE wrestlers today don't need to do is they don't need to keep working on the ring skills they've no. got that but yeah. they do need characters Like, they've got the most talented in-ring roster they've probably ever had, but they're also some of the most boring people in the world through no fault of their own for the most part.
1: Just wrestler A, B, and C. Like, that's kind of how you you do it. Yes. Um, And back to the uh, new Blackjacks. The new Blackjacks, which are going to be the new no-longer-seen Blackjacks here. (laughs) Um, Right As soon as they get into the ring, the Godwins just beat the piss out of the Blackjacks. So at first I was like, huh. Uh, all right, so your brand new team comes in and they're just getting their asses handled by, immediately. Yeah, and like by a team that's big not guys. really used. Yeah, exactly.
0: I know that being said, though, a few weeks back, um, the Godwins were holding their own against fucking they Vader did, sure. and
1: mankind. So they did. I don't know what's going on with these guys. Yeah, well, uh, Waller talks a lot about ECW on the commentary. The commentary is not very. Centered on the match, no, this match at all. Um, Lawler talks a lot about ECW. The Blackjacks do a bit of control for a little while. There's a lot of big clotheslines, uh, a lot of big elbow drops and shit like that. It's it's like a big Haas match, basically. It's just four giant dudes kind of leaning on each other yeah, and throwing. If you if
0: you've ever seen a, an APA match against one of the lesser oh. Attitude Era teams, it's not massively different to this. The only thing missing is. Bradshaw's a little bit less confident than he would be when he's got the long hair and there's no Farouk. But aside from that, this is basically any other tag match you've ever seen JBL or Bradshaw in.
1: Yeah. We get a two count by Henry on Bradshaw. Uh, Henry manages to get himself knocked out after a distraction by Wyndham, which leads to another two count on Henry by Bradshaw. And then we flash over and we see who's at ringside. Well, it's the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. This As was great. Inside. Yeah, This was great.
0: I didn't I didn't know that he popped up like this. Neither did this. I. Really? You couldn't remember Well, that? I mean,
1: I didn't remember it was in this episode. I knew uh, it happened
0: at some point. Yeah, that, that got the first pop of the night from me. I was like, oh, my yeah. God, it's my boy. I
1: yeah, love Ken I Shamrock. He's,
0: he's currently doing some of his absolute best work ever in Impact Wrestling. Really Really make Oh my God, dude. He's really good. Like he's he's still diving. He's still diving over the top rope. He's putting on these great matches. He's not an amazing promo, but he never was. But what he he does say, he says, well, uh, I really like looking at him now at like 50 something years old. I wish he came back to wrestling sooner. And I wish that he gave him another shot because there is, there is potential missed this guy.
1: Well, that's their, that's the name of their game. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. Uh, all right, Phineas tags in, and there's a little bit more back and forth. And then kind of out of nowhere, Wyndham pins Phineas. But his foot is on the rope, and the ref doesn't see it. Mm-hmm. All right, so the pin counts. The referee, they make a big deal of saying the referee's decision is final. It's final. You know, he didn't see it. Uh, the Godwins get really angry with the ref, and they're kind of stomping around the ring and arguing with the referees. And then uh, they slop one of them. They dump their big old bucket of pig slop on one of the referees. And uh, – That's the end of that
0: match. You know, I normally don't like segments like this. Mm. However, the referee was great after he got slot. Like he was, he fell over ringside three or four times. He kept falling Mm. over as the camera left him as well. Like just getting up and then more and more comedically falling down again. Yep. I can't remember the dude's name, but it was a great, a great little cell
1: job. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fun. All right. So out of nowhere... The Terminators hit the ring. That would be John Cronus and Perry Saturn. Uh, the Terminators. Yes. Oh, I I, I wrote
0: down in my notes that they were the Eliminators. So.
1: Oh wait 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 no 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 you're right they are the Eliminators I yes. fucked that up
0: <laughs> I fucked
1: it up they are the Eliminators got
0: one over the guy who was you watching did. it live
1: and it's funny while I was while I was writing it down I was like I don't think this is right and my my thumbs just kept going because I didn't want to lose track of where I was. <laughs> So no, you're right. It is the Eliminators, Cronus and Saturn. They hit On the to ring. The baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paulie is uh, at ringside, kind of jumping up and down, hyping the crowd a little bit uh, as the Eliminators hop in there and they give a ring attendant their finisher, which I don't remember what the name of it is, but uh, it's like a leg sweep and a fucking heel kick, kind of at the same exact time to just kind of snap you down as fast as possible. I have
0: no idea what the move is called, but it looks fucking class.
1: Right? So good. So good. You forget how good Saturn was sometimes until you see him when he was like really young. Like before he had gotten kind of beaten up and, and, you know, injury had, had worn its way and He was really good.
0: Sa- Saturn is an ep a special post pay-per-view episode of this show in the right. making. Like his whole story is fantastic. I was a huge uh Perry Saturn stan when I was mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I loved the moppy shit because I was five. I didn't understand that he deserved better. And the second I discovered ECW and I saw how good he could actually be, yeah. I was all over that. I couldn't yeah. get enough for Saturn.
1: He's fantastic. Uh, Paulie gets in. Your challenge has been accepted, and ECW is in the house, as he says. The crowd goes insane. Bananas now
0: insane. We we have not talked about the crowd all that much thus far, Mm. but this crowd didn't give a singular fuck about the opening match nor the like opening intros, anything like that. When Paul Heyman hits the ring, the crowd comes to
1: life. Like they're standing and there's signs everywhere. Like this is the first time since we've been doing the show that this is what you're seeing in the audience. Just a sea of signs. Everyone on their fucking feet.
0: This was an Attitude Era crowd. This was the first Attitude Era crowd we have seen from all these shows. Right. Go
1: figure. The WWE's first real Attitude Era crowd had nothing to do with them.
0: (laughs) Just like the Attitude Era, it was all down to ECW. And also, uh, just to save me from praising him as the show goes on, but Paul Heyman has always been fucking elite. Like everything about his promo here everything about the commentary work he does later on yep. it's it's as good as or better than his best work that i've seen yep. and i've been watching him in wwe from invasion to teaming with roman as of smackdown spoiler if you haven't seen it yet but you have yeah. had two days it's yeah this he's got so much energy especially when he's yep. younger and he's one thing i do miss about his promo style is he used to run around the ring like he was george carlin on stage yep. Uh, I understand yep. why he doesn't do that anymore, but it's always good to see. And I'd never heard his work on this episode before. So was, it was a whole new thing. I I was lively as fuck by the time it was over.
1: See this ep- This is why this episode. I like when I realized it was coming. I was really excited for it because you were like, I haven't seen this episode. I've only ever heard about things that happened on yeah. the episode. I know and so I was like, much. Are you fucking kidding me?
0: This <laughs> yeah. is <amazing>. Like, I, <laughs> I know so much about this episode. But I've, I didn't even know the match card that, yeah. uh, that was on it.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's fucking great. It's like the first best episode of Raw, basically. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. All right, so after the crowd goes insane, we cut to break because WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get some outside shots of Times Square and things like that. Paulie comes. Paulie's in the ring. Very much time fillers. Paulie's in the ring announcing the match. and We get little Guido of the FBI. No, and V-O. then... Yeah. And then the BWO hits the ring. We got big Stevie cool. We got Hollywood Nova. We got the blue guy. And they had a guy that was apparently the stand in for six who would be X-Pac, obviously. I don't have any idea who the fuck that was.
0: That was, that was my next question out of the way immediately. Because when he was in the ring, I was like, all right, he's X-Pac. Yeah. Um, but he's not X-Pac. So who
1: nope. is this dude? And uh, I don't know.
0: And like I know a little, I don't particularly enjoy the Blue World Order. I love Stevie right. Richards, yeah. but I never, I just never got into this gimmick. Anytime I've watched it back, I don't fucking remember seeing this guy before, during, or after this Raw. Like,
1: yeah, I don't either.
0: No, no, I honestly, clue.
1: like if you told me like, oh, who's in the BWO? I would name off everybody I said before and then I would not at all mention that guy because I don't have any idea who.
0: 100%. And shout out to Paul Heyman's commentary right off the bat. Jerry Lawler spends most of this match being like, this is another ECW ripoff. And yep. Heyman just cuts him off. He's like, what are we ripping
1: off? That's right. What are and we I-
0: ripping off? And he can't say it.
1: <laughs> nope, he can't. However, however, and and, and hang on because I'm going to get to it. Uh, they okay, so, so the Blue World Order have three words for Lawler. And Vince McMahon does the uh oh, and uh, it's they taking over. Guido jumps Stevie, and the bell rings. Paulie sells ECW so fantastically on mm-hmm. commentary. Oh, if you God, had no yeah. idea who they were, he would talk you into changing the channel to ECW.
0: Yeah, 100%. You knew who these guys were, what these guys wanted, how these guys taught, talk, yep. talked exactly. Everything by the end of this,
1: and uh. They make they make reference to ECW ripping off something with the BWO mm-hmm. and who what could that possibly be? Vince refers to the NWO as a clothing line.
0: <laughs> Some things never change. Yep. Huh? They e- do the same e- thing with AEW right now. It's like oh, it's yep. a t-shirt company. <laughs> yep, clothing
1: line. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Uh, Raven is standing in the entranceway watching the uh, watching the match. We get a. Uh, we get a bit of a split screen, and then Raven is at ringside doing his Jesus Christ pose. It distracts mm-hmm. Stevie. We get a split screen to Gold, Gold Dust. He's saying, they ask him, uh, hey, man, what do you think of ECW here tonight? And he says, I, I'm the star. Nothing, None of this matters. None of this matters. I am all the star. Uh, and then, uh, let's see, we get some technical difficulties to cut it short. They cut Gold Dust off like I don't know if it was on purpose because. It oh, it definitely wasn't anywhere. on purpose
0: because it no. comes back like a minute That's later. That's right.
1: That's right. He does. He absolutely does. There's a lot uh,
0: of technical difficulties on the show. Like later on, you get that old multicolored like black show. screen. It did, actually. Maybe that was intentional. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe it was retribution all along. Oh,
1: there you go. There you go. They're uh, all in
0: their 50s.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so while on commentary, uh, Paul Heyman says that much like ECW, he doesn't care if you're. Gay, straight, bisexual—it doesn't matter," Uh, he said. "If Marlena came with the deal, he'd go home with both her and Gold Dust." Yeah, guarantee him. I'm
0: I'm gonna have some weird dreams about Paul Heyman tonight.
1: (laughs) Now, here was something that caught me a bit by surprise during this bit with Gold Dust. When he comes back, Gold Dust refers to China as both a man and an it. Yeah. Once yeah. again,
0: I, it's, it's kind of turned into a repeated thing that I do on this uh, on this show. But how they talk about China is not sitting well with me. In this episode, in particular, they uh, this one's rough. They all like they all. You miss Jr. At ringside because he he, he did yeah, a he little bit in the last like, episode, but yeah, he held him back. He they go hard on her here.
1: So, uh, yeah. So Goldie Goldie does some mean things to China. Uh, this is a solidly athletic match. Like There was a lot of decent back and forth, but nobody's paying attention to it because there's just, between the commentary with Heyman and Lawler, there's just no paying attention to it. There's yeah, of
0: course. Nuncio uh, was a good a good wrestler. Like Yeah. No, uh, first time I properly saw him wrestle was No Mercy 2004. Mm-hmm. He won the Cruiserweight title. Uh, I can't remember who he beat, though. It might have been Spike Dudley. Hmm. Um, and that was an amazingly good match. Oh n- no, no, it was. I think it was Spike Dudley. Was it? And then, and then I saw him in Ring of Honor in like 2000 and, between 2006 and 2008. Can't remember his opponent there either. But that was also a damn good match.
1: <laughs> he was a good, yeah. He's a good wrestler. I, whenever he popped up at an ECW show, I was always happy to see whatever he was going to be doing. Um. So Big Stevie gets the win. I think he hit the Stevie kick. It was very quick, and I turned my head briefly and didn't, didn't catch it. Uh, the BWO mocks Jerry Lawler from the ring. We get a backstage promo from Sonny about how she's going to beat Marlena Oof. in their upcoming arm wrestling match.
0: This damn near turned into the first segment of this show I skipped. The second they said what it was, I was like, there is fucking nothing I'm going to get out of this.
1: Nothing. Nothing at all. So we come in and honky tonk man is in the ring. So they're just using him at this point for whatever.
0: Yeah, they've clearly uh, dropped whatever intercontinental thing they were planning on doing with him because they haven't, yep. he hasn't been associated with that in a while. Yeah. And also, I'm pretty sure he, he's not long for the company. He's gone. I don't
1: think so either. Yeah.
0: Pretty quickly after this. Yeah.
1: He's going to be refing the ladies' arm wrestling match. Uh, Sonny hits the ring in a robe. The crowd is, a total ECW crowd. Like, they are just chanting every possible bit of derogatory wolf <laughs> whistling, anything they can possibly come up with. They it.
0: even went hard at one point. They were chanting Chris Candido at her at one stage. And yeah. I don't – was he was he still alive in 97? No, he was still alive, yeah. Okay. I was like, that's a deep fucking cut if he was dead at
1: this point. No, no. She was well out of the company by the time that happened. Ah, okay. Um, let's see. Sunny cuts a very Rick Rude style promo mm-hmm. on the crowd in New York that she'd like to have all you fat, lazy. I don't even remember what it was because she doesn't do it as well as Rick Rude, so I didn't bother trying. It to
0: is me. the first time she's done anything with a microphone where I was like, "Okay, you're not bad it's here." Not I guess I guess she needs a crowd. She yeah, needs the euphoria. Yeah.
1: Yep, I think so. Uh, she drops the robe, revealing whatever she's wearing. In the crowd, woo, yay. Yeah. Uh, Marlena yeah. hits the ring uh, we get a lot of we got a bit more misgendering shit from Lawler as they recap the China incident like you said this is going to be a from both
0: of them fucking Vince does it as well yeah. we won't yeah. pass up on Vince oh, here. no
1: no no Vince, <laughs> Vince definitely does it too um, oh man Sonny offers Marlena a forfeit because of her injuries from China uh, Lawler says more pervy shit uh, Marlena <laughs> Marlena, in, in so many words, refers to Sonny as a hooker. Yeah. It, was a, it, was a, it was a very not-so-veiled insult to, uh, to Sonny being a hooker. Uh, Sonny does the villain thing where they like go to grab arms, and then he says, okay, here we go and go, and then she lets go and backs away. That happens like three times. It felt like eight. Um, it was a very slow bit. Uh, finally, they lock up. And then Marlena lets go, because what's better than trying to, you know, maybe have the face do it too, right? Have like, yeah,
0: you know? now I had heat for both of them here, <laughs> and I'm not the same type of heat that Lawler was having.
1: All right, so the, finally the match starts. They do a lot of back and forth. There's no exciting this here. You know what a fucking arm wrestling match looks like. Uh, as Marlena is about to win, Sonny tosses powder. And in my favorite bit of the entire night, out of nowhere – Someone in the crowd yells, you fucking bitch, at, Sonny, and, um, at and somehow... twice, And no one cut it. There's no bleep. It made the cut. Somebody at the top of their lungs in what is at this point, I don't know. It's one of those like moments where like the room just went silent for no apparent yeah, reason. Timed it you... Yeah, timed
0: it absolutely perfectly because yeah. the crowd hadn't showed up all night and he found the exact moment yeah. when they did.
1: They drop out, and all of a sudden, just out of nowhere. You fucking bitch.
0: 23 years they've had to cut that.
1: And they never bothered. Uh, Okay, so out of nowhere. should have added it to the
0: Hall of Fame package.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. It would have been worth it. It it. Savio hits the ring out of nowhere and kind of fucks with Marlena a little bit. Goldust hits the ring, and they brawl up a bit. We go to break. We come back from a recap we come back from the break with a recap of the powder throw I don't know why you would need to necessarily see that again um,
0: why not at this point why not? No. Guess,
1: yeah so uh, it's not an impromptu match it just happens to be one of those matches that was on the card anyway and they just moved it up because look at this timing uh, Savio versus gold dust
0: uh, oh yeah this one really yeah. did just start
1: yep kind of out of nowhere savio's in control right out of the bat a lot of stomping. A lot of foot choking. They have uh, Miguel Perez on commentary. Now, most people are probably, gonna, well, even after I explain who he is, most people are going to be like,
0: what? I'm glad you're doing um, this because I had no yeah. clue who this guy was.
1: It took me a minute. I was looking at him like, is that who I think it is? And it is. Uh, now, at one point, the nation splits off and Crush has his own group called the Disciples of Apocalypse.
0: And, yes. And away.
1: Savio has his own group called Los Bariquas. I also know these guys. Miguel Perez is a future member of Los Bariquas. They brought him into the company for, I don't know if it was specifically for that reason or if they were bringing him in for other shit, but they never did a whole lot of anything with him until Los Bariquas when he teamed up with, uh, with Sabia. All right. So PG-13 is at ringside, everybody. Guess what? They blow. Uh, we get a near fall by Goldie. This match is really fast-paced. It was kind of hard to take notes on because there's yeah. just a lot of fucking movement. Um, this is probably my favorite version of Savio Vega that I've ever seen. Like him as a heel in the nation, like specifically on this night, he was amazing. Like his moves are so great and he is just such a good villain. Um, we get a Delo sighting. Let's see. We get Crush attacking Goldie at ringside. We got a two-count by Savio. Sonny is still at ring cheering for Savio. King questions why this is, and I was kind of like, why is this? Uh, they never really explain it. Like it's, I think Vince McMahon says something about Sonny being the one that brought Farouk into the company, and then they kind of quite quickly poo-poo past that because nobody wants to remember when Farouk had to wear that fucking nerf helmet.
0: Oh shit, I forgot all about uh-huh.
1: that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to remind you. Um we get a splash counter by Goldie and he just completely starts whooping up on Savio. Uh, mm. He climbs to the top. He ends up getting crotched, but he blocks the superplex attempt. Crush trips Goldie as he's running the ropes. We get a spinning heel kick by Savio, which kind of glanced off Goldie's head, but I actually thought it looked pretty cool. Uh, D'Lo does a bit of distraction. The nation hits the ring and they attack Gold Dust. Miguel Perez hits the ring from commentary, and he and Goldie clear the ring, and that is the end of your second match.
0: That match had a clean finish, right?
1: I uh, watched the show
0: earlier today.
1: I don't remember if it did or not, because I didn't write a pin. I just wrote They got counted the nation, out. They got counted out. No, got counted. no, the countout was later in the evening. Oh, this was DQ? Might have been. Yes, the DQ, because the yes. nation hit the... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't mind this one at all. I I don't know. I I love Goldust. I love Savio Vega. Yeah. I fucking hate PG-13.
1: Right. I'm glad that my hatred of them has somehow infected you.
0: (laughs) How could Uh, it not? How could it not? If I have to hear that fucking bum rush your mother line one more goddamn time. You have been telling me for weeks, Reverend, that they are almost out. (laughs) When does it stop?
1: Well, I've been telling myself myself for weeks, too, that they're almost out and it keeps not happening. So... It's got to be soon, though, because I know as soon as the, I say oh, as soon as Rocky joins the nation, they do that big clean and house bit, and they kick everybody out, and I know within at least the next few episodes, uh, the Godfather will be in the nation as Kama Mustafa, so they might they might toss them out relatively soon.
0: There is a guy who interferes at some point on this show that I actually thought was Kama Mufasta whose name I don't think I just said correctly. No, you,
1: um, you went more of a Lion King. Yeah. Right?
0: <laughs> Kama Mufasa.
1: Yeah, no, it's Mustafa.
0: Mustafa, Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, oh, so um, <laughs> the All Godfather right. is coming
1: in. <laughs> yeah.
0: Papa yeah. Shango is going to be in there. Papa <laughs> Shango.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so they let us know that next week they're going to be coming to us live from Berlin, Germany. Uh, we get a raw flashback to Lawler being mean to Tiny Tim, which I don't know. Uh, I don't know why that of all things was what they. I chose think to go it, with, I
0: think it but. might have been because he had just passed away.
1: Oh yeah. Because yeah.
0: Vince does be right. say R.I.P. to to Tiny Tim. But so then
1: he must have yeah.
0: Yeah, I know. I think you're a fan of Tiny Tim. I uh,
1: musically I, I, yeah. absolutely not. From like a weirdo cultural icon, I find him to be. Kitschy and entertaining, and there is a horror movie he did called Blood Something that I can't think of. Uh, that is, I've, fucking, I've seen it. i horrend- it. I was it's so... horrendous, but he's good in it. Like he's like because he's
0: terrifying. And... Like yeah, because he's he, creepy. Yeah. He's apparently a very wholesome guy, and his career didn't go exactly as he planned. But mm-hmm. the dude has scared me from childhood till
1: present day. Yeah, he kind of always reminded me of like uh, you know in the first Creep Show when the, the Ted Danson and the woman come back as like the water zombies, he always looked like the water zombies to me. Like, he always just looked kind of like waterlogged and like, just, <laughs>
0: That's That's a good impression of that yeah. song. Uh,
1: anyway. Anyway. Uh, Lawler is now at ringside to interview Ken Shamrock. Now, Lawler tries to sell that they're really good friends and that they train together. Yeah, yes, he'd been doing he did it on commentary t- t- yeah. earlier, too. Yeah. Yeah, and that he had taught Ken these submission holds that Ken went on to use in the UFC and be very successful. And I don't know if Shamrock just wasn't quite sure how to do mic work at this point for something that wasn't like a UFC, like a legitimate kind of interview. Mm -hmm. Because he just kind of gives Lawler this look like Lawler just took a shit in front of him. Like he just... (laughs)
0: He has this very. He looks so con- like he looks very legitimately confused. confused. I hope that's what he was going for.
1: Yeah, uh, and says like he doesn't. He's like I don't know you. You're a liar. Like he gets like I will give him credit because if if this was an act, he looked legitimately confused and just determined to make sure that no one thought he was honestly friends with Jerry Lawler. Yeah. He was like I don't know you. Like he was like offended, um, and after that. The crowd chants Burger King and Jerry Lawler, which is a very old throwback to, like, the Superstars era stuff. Bret Hart used to get people to call him Burger King all the time.
0: Pretty sure Blue World Order said that to him at the start of the show I believe as well. so too, yeah. yep.
1: Uh, we get a break. We get an ad for the slammies. Paul E. is in the crowd, and I believe he says something to the effect of, hasn't this show sucked tonight or what? The
0: so God, yeah. hasn't
1: Raw sucked without yeah.
0: ECW to yeah. the biggest pop, pop on the show yeah. since we started doing this?
1: We go to the ring, and in the ring is Mikey Whipwreck. The music hits, and Team Taz heads to ringside. Now, Team Taz consisted of Taz, Bill, Bill Alfonso, Alfonso, and uh, I do believe it was members of the uh, the ECW dojo uh cuz i want to say that one of those guys was chris chetty who would go on to be like you know fairly well known in ecw hmm. um taz goes right after him and just beats the living shit out of mikey whipwreck for the entirety of this match like i didn't take a ton of notes because it's really just a showcase for Taz beating somebody up a
0: whole bunch of different suplexes slowly but surely yeah. revealing yeah. that Vince McMahon doesn't know any of suplexes names yeah, and just you can't more, call any of them yeah and just more absolutely perfect commentary from uh, from Paul Heyman who i think is he the first one to call Vince Mr McMahon
1: Might be. maybe on maybe the first on air yeah
0: yeah, because that's how he keeps referring to him. And I don't know, yeah. I
1: like that. He kind of went from, yeah, Then he became Mr. McMahon. But uh, we got a lot of Bill Alfonso blowing. If any of you uh, don't know what ECW is all about, anytime <laughs> Bill Alfonso was anywhere near ringside, he would blow a fucking gym whistle constantly. And fun fact, Bill Alfonso was a former WWF referee. If you go back and watch old, older, like older stuff, you can find matches that Bill Alfonso was the referee for. Didn't know that. Yep. Last time I actually saw Bill Alfonso, he was
0: referee in Hardcore Justice in TNA. He was uh, coaching for both Sabu and OrvD. Oh yeah. And it might be the best thing Bill Alfonso ever
1: did. He's a good ref. He is a good ref. He's really good. He's a really good ref. Uh, let's see. We got a lot of submission holds by Taz. A lot of suplexes. An amazing Northern Lights suplex. Taz is like like everybody calls them the human suplex machine, but go back and watch some of that early stuff and realize why Mm -hmm. they really call them the human suplex machine. Um, we get a split screen, and Farouk, standing with the entirety of the nation, talks about how he's going to beat The Undertaker's ass later in the evening. It's a pretty decent little quick promo. He's on fire yeah, here. Like this is two good weeks shit. in a row, he's put on, yeah. some, this is such good shit. It is, as I right. know. I hate, <laughs> I hate that I said that, but it's <laughs> fucking true. Uh, out of nowhere, Sabu is on top of the R in the Raw sign, and he dives off onto Team Test. Now, the fun fact about this is that he slipped while he was up there and he damn near killed himself and they had to catch him so as to not make, you know, make sure he didn't break his fucking neck.
0: Yeah, Sabu, I like Sabu. I've seen Sabu live. He's good, but sweet Jesus Christ, he's a botching curse. Like this match, which was nothing special, but it was fine.
1: It's a showcase match, yeah. yeah.
0: but it falls clean apart from when Sabu slips off the balcony. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the chaos that you just drop in and then everything goes to shit. Uh, it's just a fucking mess after that. Uh, they brawl. Team Taz brawls with Sabu. Taz continues to beat up Mikey Whipwreck. He locks in the Taz mission, and he gets the win, and they go right to break. Like They celebrate a little bit. Taz stands in the ring like with his big fucking... You know he's got his arms crossed and shit. Uh, we go to break. We get an ad for Full Metal, the album, which was mm-hmm. like one of their one of their early uh, entrance music albums. Do you own they this come album? Back. I did. I did. I bought it like well after though. Like uh, I I was like because I'm kind of a completionist. So like I bought volume three and I was like, well, I can't just have volume three. I got to go back and get two I
0: get that. I, I can't, I can't judge you. I bought now you see me when I was 13. So <laughs> absolutely no need to have that album uh, at that point. And I, I had it and listened to it frequently.
1: Oh, We're not going to, you know what? We're I'm going to leave it. We're not even going to say it. <laughs> we come back. We get a recap of Sabu. All right. The headbangers head to head to the ring. Uh, now, now, a couple times across the evening, Vince has said that he's got a surprise coming later on. Yeah, and I was, I was like, I don't remember what this is. I, I can't recall. Uh, so the Headbangers hit the ring. Vince teases that there's going to be a big surprise right now, and we hear, "Oh, what a rush!" And Hawk and Animal hit the ring. They jump the Headbangers. They toss them out, and this crowd goes fucking. Insane. insane. At the sight of the right. Legion of Doom. Insane. They are as loud, like as loud as we said they were when the ECW guys hit, they are equally as loud at seeing the Legion of Doom.
0: This is a smaller venue version of the Hardys returning at WrestleMania a few years back. Like, the crowd welcomes these guys as fucking heroes. Yep. And it, they could have came out and stood in the middle of the ring for the next five minutes. The crowd would have just kept
1: cheering. They would have just chanted LOD for five minutes. Yeah. That's all it would have been. And it would have been fine. I would have sat there as a fan and been like, yeah, you chant that name. This is, this is cool. uh, I would have
0: been totally fine with it too. I'd be yep. like, go ahead. Let's do this for the rest of the show. All
1: right. Again, with the take it notes on this match, this is a mugging, is what this match is for the <laughs> most part. Uh, Animal is in against Mosh. and This match is going to be mostly one-sided. Uh, Thrasher's in. He gets to deal with Hawk, which does not go well. Uh, Lawler slags the New York City crowd calls them stupid holding up signs for other other federations and things like that uh, I do believe at one point they're chanting Bischoff sucks and shit like that and mm-hmm. Vince says that there is no censorship here in the World Wrestling Federation and as oh, what, soon as they went now. to N- I know was, I think as soon as they went from F to E then they, they went the censorship was okay
0: Yeah, um, literally get the F out in yeah, every sense of yeah the word. no
1: kidding uh, we get a powerbomb by Animal for two, and then we get another bit where Lawler names bands that Vince is not going to recognize: Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson. Someone my favorite stage. being, my favorite being the Butthole Surfers, where Vince McMahon's reaction was, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa." Like, he was so flustered at the sound of butthole surfers.
0: My fiance came into the room during this bit, and she, Uh, I'm I'm uh, a diehard punk guy. I love, I love, love butthole surfers. And she uh, was just like, butthole surfers? Like, yeah, they're a real band. And then I paused it. (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to tell you everything I can in about five minutes about the butthole surfers.
1: All right, so here. And then
0: immediately after this, one of the headbangers almost has his head... Caved in
1: mm-hmm.
0: when I, who is it? Is it animal or hawk? Just fucking railroads them headfirst into the steel steps.
1: I do believe it's animal, yeah. Although, but it, but it could have just as easily been hawk, could uh, have just been easily hawk, yeah. yeah. Uh, like I thought, let's see, we get uh, very nice looking stalling suplex by hawk as well as some body scissors to wear the dude down. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's where I said that this match is a mugging. But Hawk ends up missing a turnbuckle shoulder that he runs in to hit the turnbuckle and drives his shoulder through and into the post. Uh, and the bangers take over on the outside, but we cut to break. And when they come back, the headbangers are still in control. Animal finally gets a tag and now both members of the LOD whoop them up a bit. Get some ringside fighting, which leads to what you might ask? Well, of course, a double count out That's happening while Vince McMahon is talking about Shawn Michaels.
0: Yeah. So one just, this is not the way to end this match at all. This, this halted the momentum of the match and the show and the return and everything else dead in its fucking tracks. Why are you keeping the headbangers strong when you just brought back LOD? Your tag team division is now perfectly fucking fine with these guys here. Little do we know, obviously at the time that they're going to royally fuck this up, but yeah, You didn't need to do this finish. And to cheer us up, though, I'm going to point out a very adorable thing that Baby Brian used to do when he was very, very small. When I, I'd forgotten all about this until you said that the headbangers were in control. When yeah. I was a really little kid, and I thought that wrestling was real, if you had a guy who was super tough, like the Legion of Doom or Bobby Lashley mm-hmm. or Scott Steiner or someone like that, during the portion of the match where they were on the defense for a guy that they were clearly going to beat. In my brain, I was always like, they're such a badass that they're giving them some free hits before he knocks them wow. out cold.
1: Oh, oh my goodness. I like the way you looked at that, man. That's really good.
0: Thank you. That That's Just fantastic. to wash the taste of that finish out yeah. of our mouths, goodness I thought gracious. you'd appreciate that.
1: I do. I absolutely do. Uh, so while the while the you know, while the competitors are complaining at their double count-out, uh, the, ha- the bangers get themselves a doomsday device at the hands mm-hmm. of the LOD because crowd wasn't going to be happy if they didn't see a doomsday device. Uh, they might have killed someone. They might have. Uh, and then Vince goes ahead and starts talking about how both Shawn Michaels and Mark Merrow are now out with knee injuries. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much the only mention they give to Mark Merrow's knee injury. At least on this episode. But have no fear, in case you were worrying about what was going on with good old Shawn Michaels, we got ourselves a package about how much the fans love him with his syrupy, saccharine sweet song called Tell Me a Lie, which is quite possibly one of the worst things. And I will have you know that I have that, that whole, that line, that tell me a lie in the song, that mm-hmm. will randomly pop into my head for no apparent reason, and it has since roughly <laughs> 1997. Um, so it's an it's an earworm, dude. It's such a it's such a um, horrid horrid little thing. What
0: the I don't fuck I don't was this? I don't this so earlier when I said that um, the arm wrestling match was almost the first thing I've ever skipped on the show this was the first thing i skipped i got through i
1: I got through
0: 30 seconds and there had been no dialogue just this song and people crying and shots of Shawn michaels lost my spot yeah and i was like no absolutely fuck every moment of this and i just i just came out of the thing found the next segment and clicked play i was like absolutely not doing this
1: Oh, my God. It was so awful. I have when sat it popped through... up, I was like, I remember this. This is fucking terrible.
0: <laughs> I have sat through Bash uh, at the Beach 2000. I have sat through TNA's first pay-per-view. I have sat through more shitty three-hour episodes of Raw than I care to count. You're I not damn well not, not sitting do through this. this.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I completely respect your, your choice to <laughs> ditch that bit 100%. Oh, God. All right. Back in the ring. Uh, Paulie announces Devon Dudley who's going to be taking on one of my favorites the innovator of violence Tommy Dreamer accompanied to the ring by Beulah McGillicuddy uh, love Dreamer yep he's he's the man Dreamer is the best uh, Sign Guy Dudley is also at ringside so anybody keeping track on their which Dudleys showed up uh, so far you've just got Devon and Sign Guy uh, let's see this is a uh, this is a very back and forth match. A lot of heavy blows. Uh, young Tommy Dreamer is so much fun to watch wrestle. Like mm. he 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 fights so much more. Like he does more jumping type stuff. Not that he doesn't do it now, but like he, he seems move, less likely. Yeah, he can move saying. a lot better. Yes, Big I am. His legs trying nice...
0: swing uh, like yeah. actual legs, yeah. as opposed to now. And it looks like he can actually bend over. Yeah, like, what did he do to his back? I don't
1: know.
0: He doesn't stand up fully straight, and when he moves, his shoulders kind of stay in place. Like, yeah. I don't know what the man did to himself, but it's always weird watching old Tommy matches and just being like, this dude is about 60% faster here, and it's only been 20 years
1: yeah it hasn't been that long really if you think but i guess 20 years in wrestler years is like 40 in no, other.
0: yeah yeah this is true he's an AO. he's an old age pensioner uh in
1: wrestling yeah. world yeah but uh it's always good to it's always good to see him anytime i saw ecw tommy was always there and tommy was the highlight for me uh this is like a it's a very weapons heavy match a lot of chairs uh things of that nature uh, jerry lawler spends a good chunk of time talking shit about the fact that they're using weapons, which I think is hysterical because not too much further into the future, the WWF is going to be like, they're going to have dudes with just like, you know, shopping carts full of weapons being brought to the rings. They're going like to have a
0: whole match. A whole that fucking is division just, about it. They're going to have a whole match in the main event for the world title dedicated exclusively to one guy hitting another guy in the head with a chair and that other guy's still not giving up.
1: Yep. Much, it yeah. and I uh, can't fucking wait for it. <laughs> and one of my favorite moves of the evening, Tommy with Devon outside sets the ring, steps up on the outside apron, and he baseball slides into the steps and drives them into Devon. And Devon just takes this disgusting-looking fall. Like you forget how well Devon gets beat up. Like, d sells a beating like nobody... Bubba Ray, too. I almost call him Bully. He's not Bully yet in in, in our timeline. But, uh, like, Bubba Ray takes a beating, too. Like, when he gets that, like, stanky leg kind of stagger thing, Mm -hmm. it's really fun.
0: Bubba's facial expressions are also so good at conveying pain, confusion, anger, insanity. Like, he's... Everyone talks about how good of a promo he was. He's a damn good wrestler, too. I don't think he gets enough credit for how good he he is in the ring. But he is one of the absolute masters of the last 30 years when it comes to facial expressions to get yeah. over what's happening.
1: Absolutely. Now what I didn't point out was that while Lawler and Heyman are going back and forth on commentary and it's getting more and more heated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Did you did you get the did you get the vibe that what Lawler was saying sounds an awful lot like what Cornette says today?
0: Ah, uh, I didn't. But now that you say it, yeah, it that's that's bang on.
1: Yeah, like the stuff that he's complaining about is the, is the same stuff that like when Cornette talks about like outlaw mud show bullshit. Like this is exactly mm. how Lawler is like talking about ECW. Like he's calling them basically just garbage. Uses nothing but weapons and
0: yeah it it makes a lot of sense uh like they came from the the same era uh cornet was a huge yeah. fan of memphis memphis was lawler's kingdom yeah literally That's true. um but yeah actually on a side note to that I, I took a nap yesterday and i when i tend to nap i tend to put on like a, just a podcast in the background mm. to like fall asleep too i woke up at one point and whatever youtube was doing it, it was playing a clip of the Jim Quinnette show. And I don't yeah. know what he was talking about, but he was talking about like a girls match and they're doing this and they're doing that. And I just, I just leaned over and just swiped to the next part, <laughs> <and then laughs> fell straight back to sleep. I was like, absolutely none of that bullshit taking yep. place here. And then, you know,
1: it's not going to be a good, you know, it's got nothing good to say. Yeah.
0: Really, We talk about this all the time when he talks about the old stuff. Cornette's He's actually fine. pretty good to listen to When he talks about modern wrestling Specifically
1: not
0: so much. I, 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 I'm willing to accept That he hates AEW What really pisses me off is when he talks about Women's matches and calls them yes. girls matches And they shouldn't yes. do this because it makes it look Worse for the guys yes. I can't fucking stand that shit
1: If the guys are that worried About it they should wrestle better
0: Yeah, If um, you're that worried about it you should probably read a couple Of books Like, yeah. not That's not a wrestling thing that's just an equality thing
1: Devon misses a splash onto Dreamer onto the cha- onto a chair. The sign guy goes after Beulah and Devon grabs hold of her in the ring and holds her hostage. And he's like, you know, won't let Tommy hit him with the chair because he's got Beulah in front of him who she, pre- she proceeds to mule kick him in the dick. Uh, and that's the end of that. We get a split screen with Taker where he talks about how he's going to wreck Sid Vicious. Uh, and then out of nowhere, Bubba Ray hits the ring and they jump Tommy Dreamer. The Sandman's music hits, or at least they tell you it's the Sandman's music. Uh, This weird silent throbbing Yeah, it's just weird kind of silent throbbing, and you can only really judge by the crowd reaction if it's who you think it is. Mm -hmm. And it is with his Zubaz pants and probably his uh, his fanny pack. Uh, But he definitely has his cane, and uh, they cleared a ring. Uh, I made sure to note that uh, I really loved Tommy Dreamer's not man in the box version of his music. Like it was almost man in the box, but just enough of it to not.
0: Like there's a couple of weird things with WWE's dubbing. One, how, like they used to have these songs on DVDs. Mm -hmm. So there is a licensing licensing precedent somewhere out there for a long-term lease office. I know, I know the whole thing of, well, like the DVD sales will slow down after a while, but they're going to keep getting paid for this. Mm -hmm. There has to be a licensing deal. Netflix has movies with real songs in them out there. I'm sure the fuck, they've already done it this year. They've got Sandman, a Metallica song from the Boneyard match. Yeah, that's right. That's never going to be changed. There is ways they can use the real songs. At the very least, though, with a guy like Dreamer. Dreamer has his own entrance music from the WWE.
1: Yeah. Just use that.
0: Why not just put that in there? Why get this weird bullshit song and throw it in instead?
1: Not Alice in Chains. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, Jerry Lawler and Paul Heyman get into it. Like they kind of like almost look like they're going to, they're going to come to blows and Folly throws his coat down and runs and makes sure to get Vince McMahon in his way. And like, you know, they're trying to separate him. Uh, And then they cut to a recap of Sid versus Hart from the previous week. And when I say a recap, I mean like the whole goddamn thing. They basically like bullet pointed everything that happened with the three entrances and the whole nine yards. Uh, And then they show Brett afterwards uh, what, which I'm guessing they must've shown on superstars. Like he's stomping around backstage, all pissed off, looking for Steve Austin, throwing stuff all over the place goes into his dressing room tells the camera to get the hell out of there it's a much different side of the hitman i must say
0: a much much different side a heel turn is coming yeah. in also they announced the uh i don't know if they'd announced it already i think actually oh yeah lawler had asked shamrock about earlier in the night about the stone cold versus brett Hart mm. match for mania so that no, was no it comes up point. here oh it comes up here
1: yeah uh they announce it in but they they announce it right in between here, like in like the video package. Of they course, because stuff.
0: Shamrock gets interviewed twice on the yes. show.
1: Yeah. They <laughs> come back and it's Todd Pettengill now that's going to interview Ken Shamrock. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. He yeah, says okay. he's enjoying the show. Yeah. Uh he says he's enjoying the show. He introduces his wife at Ringside and his dad, Pettengill, tries to get each of them to talk, whatever. Uh, they ask, uh, who does he pick Taker over uh, Sid? He takes Taker. Uh, And he can't pick between Austin and Hart. He said it wouldn't be fair. You know, like both guys are really tough. So he refuses to, refuses to pick anyone on that. All right. The nation's music hits. Once again, here is another reminder for the evening because they're here. Fuck PG-13. Farouk stares down Shamrock and uh, he honestly has a look on his face like he doesn't want to listen to PG-13 anymore either. Like he's just kind of- Can you blame him?
0: No. I, I just, at this point, I'm getting so close to just muting the fucking TV every time they yeah. come out. I'm so sick of hearing them, and it's the same song.
1: Yeah, it's just the same three lines, or it might be more than three. I don't know. It's all just garbage.
0: I don't know. After the first three lines, all you can hear is the white noise and hatred, so they might have more lyrics.
1: Just toilet sounds. Um, <laughs> uh, Shamrock and Farouk trade some words, and Shamrock calls him a coward because he walks around with his crew all the time and says that if Vince McMahon wants to set something up, he'd fight Farouk. Uh, we go to break, we come back, Taker's music hits. And he raises the lights in a very Undertakerly fanish fashion. There's a dude at ringside that has a sign. This is awful, I don't know if you caught it or stopped and went back to look at it. Uh, it says, nation of, dot, dot, immigration, imitation, Oof. and incarceration. It oh, is just the most straight-up racist thing I've ever seen. And that shit is prominently shown right on the fucking TV.
0: And in the liberal bastion of New York, of New York nonetheless. City,
1: which just goes Christ. to show no, you I that didn't a New see York that. sign, holy shit. A New York crowd, <laughs> my God. Uh, no, we I, also I, I a didn't die see that. Rocky I'm glad sign.
0: I didn't see that. Yes, I did see that one, though. I yeah. saw the Di-Rocky sign.
1: All right. They slide into the ring and Farouk goes after the undertaker and, uh, eventually taker gains control. There's a little bit of a Farouk beating there in the beginning. Uh, right off the bat, taker hits an old school. I know I've said this in previous episodes, but I remember that being the move that set up a tombstone, not the move Mm -hmm. like three moves into the damn match. Uh, so it always throws me off here now when he does these like on an earlier side. Uh, Here's where we find out, however, that J.R. is gone tonight because his dad had passed away. Um, I do believe this is where it started to rain shit on old J.R. in the yeah, WWE.
0: This, this was when J.R.'s life started to fall apart yeah. in the WWE. Also, again, side note, if you read his first book, Slobberknocker, the piece mm. dedicated to when his father passes away is the highlight of that book and also the most heartbreaking thing I've read all year.
1: Right. So
0: oh. strong recommendation there
1: cool cool Uh, Taker goes to the outside but who drops him on his butt my man D'Lo Brown Uh, we go to break we come back to a recap of the LOD from earlier in the evening because that has a whole lot to do with the Farouk and Undertaker match Uh, Farouk and Taker trade blows Farouk is basically in control at this point Taker's kind of on wobbly legs Uh, Mm -hmm. PG-13 milling around the ring I made sure to note that they look like herpes Farouk goes <laughs> to the to outside. Herpes. Yeah, I know, I know. But sometimes you got to just make do Farouk goes outside. He uses the ring post on the Undertaker's leg. Taker reverses a corner run, and he gets a two count. Farouk locks in a chin lock. He's using the ropes for leverage. This goes on for a couple of minutes. The referee didn't see this very much. Uh, let's see. All right. Uh We get a power slam by Farouk for a two count. Farouk goes to the top rope and then the Undertaker counters him out with another power slam. Uh, D'Lo holds the rope down as Taker's going to uh, run the ropes and he flips out over backwards, but he lands on his feet because Undertaker. And uh, we go back inside. Farouk hits the Undertaker with a mean-looking DDT that the Undertaker sits up from. And then the nation hits the ring and they attack Undertaker. Now obviously, this is a DQ, but LOD hits the ring and they help the Undertaker. Now, did the episode abruptly end yes. right here? Okay, yes, so it, it wasn't did. me. Okay, good. I thought that there was an issue with my, like, ne- with my network when I was watching, because I was like, this, that, what? They didn't say anything. Like, there was no, we'll see. Yeah, it we'll... just,
0: it just cut off. I think, ironically, on a show that was so. Full of time filler shit. I think they ran out of time by, yeah. by the by the end of the night, um, or they were trying to homage to ECW, which a lot of the time would just cut to black like cut, that too. To yeah, so that's
1: true.
0: Maybe they were working that in. Like that might also explain the technical glitches from from earlier too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was just it was a hard all out, uh, hard all in 2018 dead stop over and it was it was jarring i
1: liked it but it was jarring so that was uh all right so now that i know it wasn't my network that was it everybody that was the end of that episode
0: Yeah, I like this one, like WWE WWE has done many, many an invasion angle over the years, they've had the invasion in 2001, they've had the Nexus 2010, they have Retribution at the moment, they've Mm had multiple versions of ECW invading, and they even had a brief complete non-starter NWA invasion. This, to my knowledge anyway, is the first invasion they've ever done. And it might be my favorite way that they've set it up instead of having everyone come out through the crowd and beat the crap out of everyone, which is what I thought happened on this episode. Right. They had actual matches, let the crowd at home or in the arena who might not be familiar with who it is, get to know them, have the best possible person you could find to sell the new people, the new group, have him there as much as possible. And treated them with some serious respect, not necessarily fear, like Lawler Lawler bashed him, but he was the only one bashing them. So the heat goes to Lawler, not the company. Yep. And yeah, it was And
1: over the course of the night Vince constantly says to him, like this is your fault, Jerry. This is your fault. You brought him here. You brought him in.
0: Like he shows that he's not okay with it either, but at the same time he's not knocking them. And Heyman and Vince actually work quite well with each other. Like he thanks Vince at multiple points. He's kind of kisses his ass and Vince is kind of putting up with him, much like how I imagined their real-life relationship is.
1: Yeah,
0: And yeah, this worked really well. It's easily the best episode we've done so far. And it's mm. crazy to think that this mightn't have gone like this if it wasn't for a scheduling fuck-up by the WWE. Most of their roster was already in germany on tour for this episode so they were working with skin and bones they didn't have that many people right so they were like all right we're going to put the ecw guys on and we're going to have them do a few different squash matches just to showcase them yeah kick it it off that way so that scheduling conflict is one of the big reasons why we even had this in the first place
1: that's awesome
0: i decided to do extra research this week I I i like it i like it And yeah, it was good. I like this. I uh, like watching this back, back in the day when you were watching this, uh, when you were watching this live, what was your yep. reaction? Cause you didn't really know ECW going no. into this. You knew some names and stuff like that. What was your reaction coming
1: out of um, this? I was excited. It made me want to watch, uh, which I guess would be the obvious, uh, the obvious point. It made me want to mm. seek out ECW and find out as much as I can. Um, it, the thing that I was thinking about it while I was watching, like a lot of, stuff like ecw and other indie feds like that got around back then via like via like tape sharing yeah and stuff like that i never got into that so i didn't know it was a thing like i i kicked myself because i'm like oh my god i could have been seeing all this awesome stuff just through like you know everybody's it, i grew up like that legs.
0: with things like the original noah tapes uh um, mm. big japan the woman's promotion in Japan with Manami Toyota, whose name I just butchered. All of this stuff and FMW as well. I got to hear all about the tape trading of that shit, wow. but I was I was decades late for that.
1: Right. Yeah, I missed it. I missed it. And it was funny because like you would go to ECW shows back then, and the uh, they always had the table with all the tapes. Like you could go mm-hmm. and you could buy any fucking tape you wanted, pretty much. <laughs> they just had like you know if you had to have the money for it, they weren't they weren't like cheap, but uh, it was. It was cool. That was how everything got around back then.
0: Crazy, crazy how times have changed. Now I could pull up any match I want by going to right one of them seven million illegal websites, yeah. uh, or one of the varying expensive
1: uh, streaming sites. <laughs> we like to keep the choices, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's, there's side. a recession coming, so I think I, I know. know which one I'm going to start leaning towards yeah. soon.
1: Yeah, sorry, illegal stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not you, it's all me
1: Right, it's all me <laughs> all right, And that's
0: that's pretty much everything Any final thoughts on uh, on this What I'm definitely calling the best episode We've watched so far And I'd nearly say this is the official kickoff Of the Attitude Era because this I think you're right This didn't feel like an episode of Raw This felt like something new yeah. It didn't feel like the bum rush that we had the last three weeks Where it was the same fucking thing each yeah. time yeah. This felt like something different
1: And it's funny because we had talked, like, you were like, God damn, it's the same match, like, every week. And, uh, you know, it's going to get tired after a while. And we were like, I'm glad that this was the episode that came next. So it's like, okay, good. Finally, a little bit of a (laughs) breath of fresh air. Finally,
0: something new. and Someone new in the ring. Didn't miss uh, LaFont at all on this
1: episode. I know. Good
0: guy, but glad he wasn't there. Glad I got Taz
1: instead. It was a fun episode. I'm glad – I'm glad that uh, I'm glad we got to discuss it. I'm glad we picked a timeline where you got to see all these episodes for like the first time, and then I get to see your kind of reaction to them. Like this is that's been like kind of the enjoyable part for me too. Is just getting <laughs> to see you see stuff for the first time and be like, what the fuck? And I'm, I know, you know. Like, I,
0: yeah, I'm I'm enjoying that too. The like the little moment with Shamrock at the start of this show. I was like, oh, I didn't know he was there yeah. for this long. I didn't know he came in like that. Yep. Uh, all the stuff with ECW uh throughout this awesome like i even i started looking into some of the ecw stuff that's yet to come that Mm -hmm. comes out of this i found out a whole thing about rvd that i didn't know happened like there's there is some gold gold coming down the line and this is a this is a good starting point for it yeah also gonna be a lot of fun this leads to raw is war like they eventually changed the name of Raw to Raw's yes. War because of the stuff with ECW, which I also found out today and kinda wish I didn't find out about. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is good. There's some life coming into Raw after what's been some some very nineties wrestling. It's yeah. good wrestling. It's it's okay to good wrestling with some decent but very repetitive build, but the exact same formula every week. Yeah. This is yeah. Clearly the beginning of Vince being like, we need to try something different, pal. Yep. Let's yep. let the hell out.
1: And they do, and it's wonderful.
0: And for the next bout of that, we will see you all. Well, we will talk to you all next week, where we will be discussing whatever date episode of all <laughs> this will be. In yep. the meantime, if you want, you can follow me on Twitter. I have not been active at all lately at Babyface babyfacebriny, the babyface briny. You can come over to my Instagram page, Babyface Broadcasts, and you can check out uh, Babyface Broadcasts on Mixcloud.com as well. Once again, still working on the back catalogue. Life is very, very busy these
1: days.
0: (laughs) And in the meantime, my wonderful cohorts, partner in crime, comrade, the reverend who gives me guidance. Where do we find you online if we want more of your pearls of wisdom?
1: Oh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you would go to ATHomas1978. If you want to read me barking about politics, you would go to thevoiceinbetween.wordpress.com. And if you want to check out my other podcast, which is about a little bit of everything, I do it with my best friend of 30 years, uh, you would check out How We Saw It.
0: How We Saw It is also really goddamn good. It's like, if like, if you check out any of our shows make sure that it's that one first you can you can swing by me afterwards but
1: uh but check that one out first yeah oh and before i forget we're up on itunes now uh so so if you listen to us on itunes please please leave us a review uh we love that shit you know even if you don't like it i don't care just leave us a review
0: (laughs) just listen that's all we're looking for it's like you don't even have to like us just Just listen to it long enough for it to register with it, a potential sponsor. That's Maybe I bore want. you
1: to sleep. Put us on while you sleep. It's fine.
0: Treat it, treat it like the Jim Cornette podcast if you want to. Fall asleep yeah. to it. And when you get to a point you hate, just wake just, up and change it. Yep. Uh, and that is everything. That is our Pearl of Wisdom for this week. Thank you all once again for listening. Thank you once again for being here, Aaron. And we will see you all next time. Goodbye.
1: Later, y'all.